2: Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. Well, today, rather than my home base of Boston, I'm broadcasting live from San Antonio, Texas, where it's the U.S. Army All-American Bowl weekend, and I'm standing here uh, at the Wheatley Heights Sports Complex in San Antonio, uh, covering the sixth grade national championships. There will also be seventh and eighth grade throughout the day. So, I'll be covering six games today here in uh, San Antonio, Texas. Very exciting from uh, six, seventh, and eighth graders around the country that have gotten to the Final Four. Uh, so, it's the football version of the Little League World Series. And, you, and San Antonio is basically Williamsport. So, to join the show, the call-in number is one 346 9144 or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.oneword.com. one word, dot com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, in a few minutes... We'll be joined by Joe Bufard from the U.S. Army All-American Bowl here in San Antonio. And later, our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, will call in. Well, it was an exciting end of the year with NFL final weekend last weekend, uh, leading right into my highlight of the week, which was the Green Bay Packers game, uh, where Aaron Rodgers on a fourth and eight. Completed a 40 or 50 yard pass to, uh, to Randall Cobb, uh, thereby giving the Packers a division and sending the Bears packing. Uh, it was an incredible play. Uh, Aaron Rodgers converted three fourth downs on that final drive. I had the pleasure of watching it at Bo Campers, as in former Miami Dolphins linebacker, Camp Camper Sports Bar in Naples, Florida, where I was uh, this past week before coming over to San Antonio, and I walked in two bow campers at the precise moment that uh, the Bears had scored in the fourth quarter, and there was an eruption that, like I've never heard in a sports bar. It was really one of the uh, better <coughs> sports bar experiences I've ever had, packed beyond imagination. Uh, so much fun. So many Packer fans, even more Bear fans. Packer fans, of course, went home happy, and the, uh, the Bear fans, not so much. But, uh, so it was incredible. Um, unfortunately, after that, leading to my low light of the week, was the bad call in the San Diego Chargers game. Uh, which knocked out the Pittsburgh Steelers right out of the playoffs. Um, as we all know by now, but we didn't know then, the Chargers lined up with, uh, in a wrong formation, excuse me, the Chiefs, with the game-winning field goal attempt. Uh, but so the Chargers lined up as the Chiefs were, seven men on the right side of the ball, you're only allowed six in the NFL, the referee was standing right there, did not make the call, and... Uh, So, play went on, and then as we, so the field goal was missed, sending the game into uh, overtime. And once overtime started, didn't go so well there, uh, from a Steeler fans' perspective. And crazy call, crazy play with uh, you know the uh, Chargers running into the line, fake punt, and no forward motion called. And it ended up with uh, the Chargers retaining the ball when it looked like the Chiefs had stolen it and scored the winning touchdown. So it was a crazy game, to say the least. And now for my bizarre story of the week was the hockey game played on New Year's Day up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, before 105,000 people in a snowstorm. And I mean bizarre good. It was great to see uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and the Detroit Red Wings uh, playing in a snowstorm, basically, freezing cold. I mean, down in the teens, single digits. And uh, going to overtime, so it was just uh, bizarre to watch, but fun to watch as well. And all in all, just a terrific, terrific uh, day of hockey that is rapidly becoming must-see TV on New Year's Day. Uh, cutting into some of that bowl, college bowl game action because it is just so compelling. So now, as my host, famous from outside the huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills. So let's take our break. And next up will be Joe, Joe Bufard from the U.S. Army All-American Bowl and Football University.
0: What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com.
3: Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchOfDimes.com. If you think you've seen online TV before... Look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, Blackberry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, Blackberry App World, or Android Market.
2: To join the show, the call in number is 1 888 346 9144, or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line is Joe Bufard, Vice President of Marketing and Communication for All American Games, which, is putting, which puts on both the U.S. Army All American Bowl and the Football University National Championships. How are you, Joe?
4: I'm doing great, John. Doing great. How are you? Good. Well,
2: thank you for joining us. You and I are in the exact same spot here at the Wheatley Heights Sports Complex in San Antonio and uh, watching currently the sixth grade national championship semifinal between Maryland and Georgia. But it's a great day to be out here for football, right?
4: Oh, there's no question. No question. You can be outside on uh, in the first weekend of January. And uh, down in San Antonio, and watching uh, a bunch of youth kids that have been playing in a in a bracket style tournament for the past four weeks, uh, gearing up for a championship tomorrow.
2: Yes, well, as I mentioned earlier in the show, this is basically the football equivalent of the Little League World Series that ends up in Williamsport. We, of course, have ended up in San Antonio with again the final fours uh, in a variety of ages. So, why don't you just talk a little bit about uh, you know just how
4: the whole national tournament works. Absolutely. You know, you look at some of the great youth sporting events that are across the country today. You know, the one that's in uh, most prominent is the Little League World Series of Youth Football. I'm sorry, Little League World Series of Baseball. So you look at uh, how teams like that can come together from all different regions. And uh, about two years ago, we wanted to put that together on a, on a football side. So, you know, why can't we have kind of a non-denomination, non-pop owner, AYF uh, Pole kids from PAL leagues, and just really put together an kind of an all-star team from different regions. So over the past four months, we've had tryouts, selection process, scouting from leagues all across the country from 64 different regions, putting together a sixth grade, seventh grade, and an eighth grade bracket from across the country. So if you can imagine the Mark Madness type bracket with all the different teams playing, teams traveling to a certain region, playing off on the first weekend in December and having a round one and two, uh, during that time frame. And then the next weekend, the winners then travel to another regional, uh, still location where they'll play the rounds three and four. And then once you get to the, uh, fifth round, the fifth round is down here in San Antonio, it's the All-American Games Bowl Week that, uh, concludes, uh, that includes, I should say, of uh, these young athletes watching the premier prep players, uh, in the stands at the Alamo Dome of the U.S. Army All-American Bowl Game. And uh, we're here with our semi- semifinals today. We have 12 teams that have traveled, four from each age bracket, traveled in from all parts of the country as far as Seattle to Southwest Florida. And uh, they're teeing it off today, some great games. And winners will be uh, playing in a championship bracket. That the be on ESPN3 on uh, Sunday, January 5th. From the Alamo Dome. From the Alamo Dome, right?
2: Exactly. So it's really an incredible atmosphere here in San Antonio. We're uh, basically football just takes over the city. Uh, you know, in every hotel, it's, you know, young players, really from sixth grade right out up through U.S. Army All-American Bowl seniors, literally the best of the best. And the streets, the hotels, everywhere is just nonstop football, players with their families, coaches, uh, plus the military here in Military City, USA. So it's just uh, it's an incredible atmosphere, to, to put it mildly.
4: <laughs> oh it is it's great i mean you know even before i started uh working with all american games the host company that puts on all these events uh i came down a couple of years just as a high school football coach and a fan of youth football and it was my disneyland it was it had everything that i thought the mardi gras of you know, football I mean, it is everything and you know anytime you're partnered with the u.s army um you know everything is done first class and then everything is done with the and in the core values of the U.S. Army. And, uh, it is just a, an upscale event from, again, how the, the decorate from when you get off the plane in the hotel, the branding to the hotels, uh, get right off the airport in the airport. So it is, it is first class to, you know, being able to attend a, uh, barbecue last night in the Alamo Dome that featured the, uh, U.S. Army All-American football players, but they also have a U.S. Army All-American band. Uh, that will conduct a halftime tournament. These are the best 100 musicians coming out of high school this year, and the Army puts a lot of support behind them. So it was great to bring all those people together, the family, you know, recognize some of the local heroes uh, throughout the uh, uh, military that they fly in to honor, and then obviously some of the uh, top brass generals. It was just a great event last night, and uh, all leading up to kickoff on Saturday afternoon.
2: Yes, and you're right. It's my third year here working with All-American Games. Uh, down in san antonio but last night was my first ever welcome barbecue and the field of the alamo dome was completely uh filled with uh tables of you know military players their families staffers and there was just an incredible atmosphere speeches and by some very very high-ranking army officials honoring some of the band members, and yes, the band members i mean that that was a real uh great perspective to just see them honored last night and and the whole you know just the whole event on again the, literally the playing field of the Alamo Dome was really special. I could not have been more impressed so um I was just glad to
5: uh,
2: glad to be a part of it and uh, you know enjoyed it immensely. So with that said, we're going to take our break and uh, we'll continue on after the break.
0: No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at Voice America TRN or Twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN.
1: You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show.
2: Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And still on the line with us is Joe Bouffard, Vice President of Marketing and Communications for All-American Games, which puts on the U.S. Army All-American Bowl here in San Antonio, Texas, where I'm broadcasting live, as well as Football University's National Championship Tournament uh, for 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. And Joe, uh, here we are uh, out at Wheatley Heights Sports Complex in San Antonio. And we talked about, you know, the football university and the national championship, but why don't we now talk about the centerpiece of the whole week out here, which is, of course, tomorrow's U.S. Army All-American Bowl, where players like Andrew Luck and Adrian Peterson and Tim Tebow have participated in the past.
4: Oh, yeah, it's exciting. You know, the, these are the top 90 high school football players from around the country, all of them going off as early as, you know, February and April for their major college games. Um, you know, matter of fact, one of our key players had a big touchdown for Alabama last night, you know, played in the game, Derrick Henry, the running back was our one of our future players last year in the 2013 game. So these really are the superstars of tomorrow. I mean, roughly it's calculated 30%, 40% of these athletes will be drafted that play in the U.S. Army All-American Bowl game within the next three or four years. So it really is kind of a, a pipeline to the NFL. It's interesting, you know, hanging out with the athletes this weekend. One of the, the, the key things they say that I always try to ask if, as a former coach, you know, how's the game different? What, what makes it different? And it's all the speed. You know, they tend to be the, the best, the fastest, the strongest, dominant player on their local high school football program. But when you put you know, 90 of them together on the same field or 50 of them together on the same field for practice, I mean, it's just tempo. And, you know, we tell them that the, you know, you're probably not going to see this much talent, again, on one field unless you're playing on Sundays. When you really think about it, I mean, they're going to go off to their respective schools and, you know, a, a big-time program may have three or four, maybe five or six top uh, um, uh, recruits on their team, but may, they may not be playing all at the same time. Here you're getting 90 of the top, heavily recruited kids in the country all playing at one time. So it's really interesting how their reaction is. The speed of the game has really increased. Which you know, when it's all said and done, that's what it's about. It's about level the playing field for these athletes and really letting them compete. You know, putting them on the stage with the same size, speed, strength uh, of, of, an, of an athlete in their comparison. And then what really is interesting is you know what prevails is their technique. You know, how good is your technique as an offensive lineman going up against? A defensive lineman is just as strong. you just maybe faster and more powerful. You know, know these great quarterbacks. You know, have receivers, and now they uh, before they'd have to put a little air underneath to get it underneath the slower receiver. Now they got to put a zip on it because these guys are flying down the sideline. So it really comes down to uh, a great uh, level playing field at the U.S. Army All American Bowl game and how well these these athletes their technique is sharpened. You know, that's what football university is is really all about.
2: Well, absolutely. And I was thinking, you know, watching Derrick Henry last night have that huge game for Alabama, despite their loss. And then, you know, just like you said, Joe, we watched him, uh, you know, about a year ago to the day uh, perform on the floor of the Alamo Dome during the U.S. Army All-American Bowl. And one of the really cool things about it, and it's on tomorrow at noon Eastern time. On NBC, last year there was more than 40,000 people in attendance live at the Alamo Dome, including a gigantic contingent of thousands of military filling up a corner of the stadium, which really adds a lot to it. But one of the cool things that grows each year is a lot of the players use this as their platform to announce what school they're going to attend right there inside the Alamo Dome uh, during the game. Uh, why don't we just talk a little bit about that, because that is really catching on uh, big time with each passing year.
4: Yeah, you know, that was one of the neat things that uh, Rich McGinnis, the founder of uh, All-American Games and the creator of the U.S. Army All-American Bowl, Bowl game was, you know, we really want to showcase our athletes. That's our entire uh, our, our philosophy and kind of our motto is we want to identify top athletes, get them matched up with some great coaching, and then showcase them at our national events. And, uh, one of those things is that moment with the whole family down there. You know, American Family Insurance is, uh, is the key sponsor behind that. It's a great moment, uh, for that family. And all the hats are there. And I know there's a lot of nervous college coaches sitting there at home watching it and, uh, crossing their fingers that, that their hat is the one that's selected. And, uh, it's just a, it's just a great moment for the whole family. The high school football coach comes down and we have a whole separate, um, event that we bring down that each All-Americans, uh, coach. And we host a great, uh, great event for them for two days. So we want to make sure that, that every kid that's been on that football journey, everyone that's sort of supported that athlete to get them to, to this point in their life is there to enjoy that moment. And, uh, it's an exciting one, especially when you're there on, 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 on live TV. And, and with that, just a sudden, just a little quick correction. You know, keep in mind, we're down here. We're used to the Easter Standard Time. Kickoff is noon central time. So for those checking your, uh, local listings and, uh, get getting your DVR ready. It's going to be aired 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on, uh, on NBC. So uh, make sure everybody set their DVR to not miss a minute of the action.
2: Oh, thank you for correcting that. I, uh, you're right, the time to change uh, gets a little tricky. Um, but, you know, and again, there'll be luminaries everywhere. Uh, at last year's game, you know, I was right there when uh, Pete Dawkins, the 1958 Heisman Trophy winner from Army, Uh, presented the most valuable player for the U.S. Army All-American Bowl, presented the trophy live and in person. I was right there, followed up, talked to Pete afterwards, and led to me interviewing him for Armchair General Magazine. So this is the type of things that happen when you go to the U.S. Army All-American Bowl, let alone spend the week in San Antonio. It's just, uh, again, an incredible atmosphere and a gigantic logistical effort on – the part of All-American Games, I mean, it's nothing short of amazing getting everybody out here.
4: Yeah, it, it takes a great team uh, of both our full-time employees that we have at All-American Games, along with the tremendous amount of support from, this, from the city of San Antonio, who's been a longtime supporter of not only just the Army as a military city, but also of all of our events. And uh, they've been a great host for us. And uh, they, they uh, open the door up and have a slew of volunteers that uh, assists in every aspect of it. As they said, we want to make this the, you know, mecca of youth of high school prep football events. And that the city opens up, and uh, it is just fantastic the support they give us. Uh, but it is a lot of detail. It is a lot of effort, and there's a huge team that puts us all away, you know, year round, three hundred sixty-five days a year, to make sure that these events and and the experience that these families that are coming, whether it be for the FBU related events or the U.S. Army related events, uh, have a tremendous uh, tremendous experience.
2: Yes, and it's just amazing. I mean, we, since we're de- dealing obviously with players from sixth grade right up through senior year in high school. Uh, <clears throat> The transportation of these players around to the nonstop events, you know, chaperoning, if you will, families, hotels, until you're here uh, to see it, you, you can't quite understand it. And, you know, since I'm working for All-American Games, I mean, you know, I, I see it even more so than the average spectator would. And, and again, it's just a remarkable uh sight to see but basically you know it's football paradise i mean it is football heaven. where just today you know you and i are watching as we speak the second of six games that we're going to see today and a whole lot more coming this weekend with like east bay and other games that you've added east bay's been around but yet you've added even more games this year
4: oh yes it's great so i mean if you really look at all the events we have you know the granddaddy of the U.S. Army All American Bowl game and a spectacular halftime show that the U.S. Army All American Band uh, puts on, and then from there you have uh, the East Bay All American Bowl, which will start. We have a ninth grade game that will air on ESPN three uh, and ESPN watchESPN.com Saturday evening, and then we have our our three national FBU national championship six seventh and eighth grade on Sunday, followed by a seventh and eighth grade of the top seventh and eighth grade kids in the country become East Bay All-Americans. And then we also have international kids. We've got the U.S. Army Combine going on today over at the Dome, which brings in the top 500 underclassmen. And then we've got even kids from international. I met a a young man from India who is a 20-year-old university student that is a quarterback for a professional team in India. That's right, India. Out in Budapest and, uh, who would have thunk based on their, their uh, cricket history and rugby and soccer that, uh, they're playing American football down there, which is a great. So there's 60 international kids, uh, coming in to, uh, observe some of our events and participate. We also have full teams coming down from British Columbia and Ontario participating with local Texas teams here. So. You know, all in all, I think we're close to about fifteen hundred pole athletes participating. We're in eight. We've taken over eight hotels. We're in about six different sports complexes uh, throughout the week. So it is, uh, uh, it is a fun and uh, enjoyable event if you're a football fanatic.
2: Takeover is the correct word too. I mean, it is just football, 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 combined with military, military, military here in Military City, USA. There's just really nothing like it. I love it. Everybody who comes here loves it and uh joe you've really been able to capture the 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 size and scope of this so well and uh i just want to thank you for taking the time to call in uh literally during the third quarter of the maryland georgia sixth grade national championship semifinal so uh you've described it well thank you so much for calling in and uh you and i are going to have a great day and a great weekend
4: absolutely my pleasure thanks so much let's enjoy some football
2: You got it, Joe, and uh, thanks again. And with that said, we'll take our break now, and uh, on the other side, we'll have A.P. Stedham from Bama Magazine.
0: What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
3: You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit nflalumni.org.
1: Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives please visit MarchOfDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies.
0: Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN.
1: You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show.
2: Voice America listeners, welcome back to the final segment of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. And on the line with us now is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. How are you today, A.P.? Happy New Year.
5: Happy New Year to you, John. I'm doing fine. Just a little uh, wobbly from that uh, offensive uh, thrashing by Oklahoma from last night.
2: Yes, well, thank you for calling in. Uh, And I was thinking of you last night as I was watching uh, that game. And, you know, as you may have heard, we were just... Talking, I was with Joe Bouffard of the All-American Games uh, down here in San Antonio, uh, and, you know, watching Derrick Henry, who I've watched literally a year ago, practically to the day, perform in the U.S. Army All-American Bowl that I'll be attending tomorrow, and I'd say if you're an Alabama fan, that was one bright spot to get excited about last night.
5: Yeah, for those people at Alabama who kept wondering, you know, if they're ever going to put him at linebacker, I think that... That that's out of the question. With that performance last night, he was he was fantastic running the football and catching and and r- running for that touchdown pass at the end. So yeah, a lot of good things for Derrick Henry down the road. And they wish they they probably wish they would have given him the ball more often last night.
2: Yes, maybe he started giving him the ball right off the bat. I mean, it was really shocking to see you know Alabama give up that many points. Uh, you know. I think, the most ever under Nick Saban in any game, if I'm not mistaken, and second most ever in the history of Alabama, I think. So uh, those are startling statistics that nobody was expecting to see last night.
5: Uh, Correct, John. You know, 79 points the last two games at the end of the season where where you're thinking that the complex defenses that are taught by Nick Saban would have been learned by all those defensive players and executed with precision, but... You know that uh, the quarterback from Oklahoma, I believe, had the game of his life. uh, You know when he just torched Alabama continuously. But he he made some excellent throws. You know Trevor Knight. And uh, when you watch his career, John, he may never play uh, as well in a game for Oklahoma for the rest of his career.
2: Yeah, well, you know these bowl games. They, you know, they're fascinating to watch. You just see things that you know you're not that you just don't see in any other games. They, they each seem to have, you know, their own flavor. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma, obviously a high pedigree school when it comes to football, to put it mildly. But nonetheless, I mean, Alabama was pretty heavily favored in that game. And uh, so it, it was, you know, very surprising to see. And, you know, for A.J. McCarran, kind of, uh, you know, surprising end to his career. You know, with two losses, obviously, given the career he's had.
5: Yeah, it it sure was kind of a, a distasteful note. You know, he had the three turnovers. That's the most he's had in any game as a starter. And even then, I think, you know, Alabama, I wouldn't put the total blame on him, even though he tried to accept that responsibility. But when you shred somebody for 45 points, I mean, I know that last touchdown was a a deep, you know, defensive touchdown. Uh, it's not all, all on the quarterback all the time. You still have to play defense, I feel, and the special teams was not that, you know, not that good for Alabama last night as well. Missed another field goal.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, again, things we've not seen, not only this year from Alabama, but really for the last three, four years. And, you know, it was just all uh, surprising uh to watch to, to you know to say the least. Um but, you know, this is what happens. I, I think, that, you know, frankly, the loss to Auburn, which was uh, you know, cataclysmic, you know, probably had a bit of a carryover effect. I mean, but uh you know, just again, sort of an odd ending to, you know, A. J. McCarron's spectacular career. Uh, not that it's gonna diminish it in any way, but uh yeah, you know, he he had, I mean, he's going to go down when it's all said and done as one of the great winners in college football history without a doubt.
5: Oh, oh yeah. And, and, you know, A.J. last night, John, he, he missed some hot reads. And normally he audibles into the correct play against the blitz. I think there were some mistakes uh, from that end. So, so, you know, it wasn't his better game technically. I mean, even though he threw for his highest number of yardage and and, you know, went over the 3,000 yard mark as an Alabama quarterback. No one's ever done that. He had over 9,000 yards total. No one's ever done that at Alabama. So all these numbers that should be a positive really were irrelevant when the final score was tallied because the, the rest of the team couldn't measure up, you know, defensively. And, and Oklahoma just had a field day uh, throwing the football and just shredded the secondary. And, you know, like I say, hats off to Trevor. Uh, now he he had a fantastic game. He was accurate and he was resourceful and in the play calling I thought was exceptional for Oklahoma.
2: Yes, yes it was. And again, you know, quality program, quality history and you know, quality coach and Bob Stoop, so you know, it was a great atmosphere last night. I mean, with each game getting bigger, BCS games, each bowl game gets bigger, moving into the BCS. And, you know, it was a great atmosphere in the uh, Sugar Bowl last night, in the, you know, Superdome.
5: Yeah, I thought it was, too, John. And, and for some of the, your audience followers, may not know that the Oklahoma staff, you know, they visited with Alabama in the last year or so, and they, they discussed that defense that Alabama em- employs. So maybe that was their advantage last night.
2: I'm sure it was. uh, Well, last night was not the only upset. Just the very night before was uh, Central Florida also, you know, pulling a big upset over Baylor. Uh, You know, a lot of fireworks in that game, as we all expected. And uh, so, yeah, why don't we just take a few minutes, talk about some of the other bowl games. Uh, Did anything about, what did you think of that game? Yeah, that that
5: game, John, I was really impressed with the athletes, the skilled players, for Central Florida, right, and, me too. You know, and that O'Leary, George Coach O'Leary, he's building quite a program there. And I wouldn't want to tangle with them on Homecoming. I can guarantee you that because he's got some good players that maybe someone in Florida overlooked, but they're they're terrific. You know, their offense is high powered, and they play like they belong. I mean, there's no shyness in their you know offensive attack. They come right at you. And then they took that fourteen point lead. I said, I, you know, I was talking to somebody. I said, I think there's, I think that uh, Baylor might be in trouble here.
2: Yes, uh, Blake Bortles. He's going to be, a, you know, he certainly uh, served notice that he's ready for the NFL. And given his size and the athleticism he showed the other night, uh, he, he he could be a high pick. I mean, he, he's the player.
5: Oh yeah, when you're looking for a quarterback, he's a big, talented, strong arm quarterback used to the spotlight. I mean, when they come from these offenses now, John, there's no you you don't have to groom them very much as whether can he play or he can't play. You you usually see it when those are the first bunch of games.
2: Yes, and here I am down here in the hotbed of quarterbacks, you know, where I need to go no further than, you know, this Saturday night's Saints-Eagles game where both Drew Brees and uh, Nick Foles are from the same high school. Not that far from where I'm standing, uh, up the road near Austin, Texas. And, uh, you you know, again, I I mean, the whole seven-on-seven thing with these quarterbacks, and they're just so ready to play now when they come out. It's remarkable to watch. And, you you know, Blake Bortles and others we're seeing are yet, you know, Trevor Knight, I'm sure, these are just continued examples of these quarterbacks. And a lot of them, as we know, are coming right out of here, right out of Texas.
5: Yeah, they have such strong arms, too, John. I mean, they've seen nothing in high school. Throwing the ball, flicking it with the wrist 50 yards downfield, you have to respect the deep ball so much. It opens up that intermediate and short game. It's very difficult to defend.
2: Well, it really is. And, you know, And moving on to other bowl games, uh, sticking uh, sticking on point, you know, the Michigan State quarterback, uh... If, I, if this were the NFL playoffs and I were to pick the Super Bowl winner, meaning they call it the football national championship, if it was done like the NFL playoffs, I would think I might pick Michigan State. They look like literally the hottest team in the country right now. I mean, after watching what they did to Michigan State, or excuse me, to Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game, and then watching them, especially their defense, what they did to Stanford, heavy, heavy favorite in the Rose Bowl I'm just looking at Michigan State right now, just thinking, like, they look
5: unstoppable, especially the defense. Yeah, when you have a defense like that to back up your offense, you can take some chances. And the the quarterback from Michigan State, he was fantastic. I mean... Fantastic. He, I mean, I, and, I love to in him
2: play. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, played some this season, but, you know, not a, not a whole lot, shall we say. And then then he just kind of shows up as the season winds along. Shows up big time in the Big Ten championship game. And uh, it's just literally remarkable to watch. And again, he was a dominant force in that game, which culminated, of course, with them stopping Stanford on the fourth and one. And, you know, the walk-on linebacker flying across the line to meet the Stanford running back. I mean, I thought that was one of the great visuals, TV visuals of the entire college. It's football season. It's his arms and legs are both spread like, and he just, you know, meets him head on in midair. It was it was remarkable to watch.
5: Yeah, it was it was a hundred percent effort on that play, and I mean, that was a great visual. You said he he looked like he was playing for his life on that one moment, try, trying to make the team. He he proved his his worth. If you know, forever be uh, in the minds of the Michigan State people is making that stop. To help him win that uh, Rose Bowl game, they hadn't been there since '88. So, yeah, the Big Green—they were in rare form, and they were a hot team at the end of the year. I wouldn't want to play them because of that defense, and the quarterback had his career high, 332 yards. So, they were a great team. Washington Martin Antonio—he seemed to be, you know, up to up to uh, snuff as far as coaching in that big game. He didn't seem tight, and his team performed uh, very well on the West Coast.
2: Right, well, you bring up a great point. I was, I was going to bring up their coach next, who was just, you know, he's always been somewhat stoic, and all of a sudden, you know, between the Big Ten and now this, the Rose Bowl, he's just like, his personality has just really come out, and he was just so happy after that game. I mean, just genuine emotion, which was really, really fascinating to watch. Uh, he, he's a likable guy, and, uh, boy, he has built something pretty special
5: there. Oh yeah, and J- John, did, you, you caught that. Captured you know when they captured that little video of him visiting yes, the Rose Bowl his daughter. Uh, his daughter I thought took. that was fabulous TV to to put that into the uh, program. Oh, it
2: was wonderful. It really was, and uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it just added a whole lot to the entire broadcast. And uh, yeah, again, he is just you know you, you look at a coach who's hot. He's hot and i could see some offers coming his way uh and you know with jobs like texas open uh but you know again just really impressive to see um so what else has caught your eye here during the bowl season there's certainly been enough games to watch uh anything else jump out at you over the past couple of weeks
5: yeah i was surprised at how duke scored and played uh A&M so well in that game I you know I I, I was I thought they might hold on for that victory you know being ahead by three touchdowns but when your defense is is not capable with Johnny Football he mean he could score he scored against the best so you know and Duke had a great a fantastic season that would have capped it but it didn't work out that way and then Johnny Football he ended his career by coming back from down three touchdowns so He's he's always magic on the field. He never disappoints that Johnny Mansell. And for play, you know, to me, I don't know how you feel, John, but they keep talking about Teddy Bridgewater and these other quarterbacks. I just have to believe if I if I can uh, if I can manage his personality, I might have to take a chance on Johnny Football if I was drafting a quarterback.
2: I agree. I agree game changer he's you know he's got all those intangibles he of course you know made that unbelievable play so it's another you know another another one for the highlight reel and maybe you know among his top three and yeah he he, he is a special player and you know special players don't come along every day we talked about all the texas quarterbacks of which he is one kids coming out of texas but he, you know none of them are like him he, he is you know Has a singular game that uh, is unlike any other, and uh, you know, I'm glad he's, I'm glad we get to watch him in the NFL. But you know, it's sad to see him leave college because what he's been doing there for years has been, you know, must see TV to put it mildly. And he showed it again the other night in that bowl game.
5: Oh yeah, and you know, UCLA they they had a quite a finish. They trounced Virginia Tech by 30 points. That. Uh, quarterback, Hundley, he's, he's pretty capable himself, so they've got something going on there, I think, in in at uh, Westwood with Jim Mora.
2: Indeed they do, absolutely. Um, you know, that's going to be great to watch UCLA, USC, Steve Sarkeesian, their new coach, and uh, that is just going to be, again, a fascinating rivalry as it returns to the way it used to be. In previous years. So uh, so it's going to be a lot, lot of fun. And, uh, you know, speaking of coaches, I just want to mention uh, Bill O'Brien going to the Houston Texans, leaving Penn State. You know, if I'm Bill O'Brien, my first pick is Johnny Manziel. I mean, he's in Houston. It reminds me, of course, when Gary Kubiak and the Texans were under heavy pressure to draft, of course, Vince Young fresh off his national championship at uh, at Texas in 2005. So uh, I think O'Brien's going to be facing similar pressure uh, to, to draft Johnny Manziel. And frankly, if it was me, I would.
5: <clears throat> yeah, probably. So, John, I, I was going to ask you how you felt as a person who followed Penn State all those years. I was particularly disappointed that Bill O'Brien, he left Penn State after two years because, they gave him an opportunity to coach at one of the blue blood schools, and if you're going to be the the main man at that school, of course the name Joe Paterno is fresh on the minds of those people because Joe Paterno was there for half a century plus. I was I was I was really surprised at his comments that ended up uh, being shared with with the public and his thoughts about what he called the Paterno faction. It's one thing that to have those feelings, but to utter them for the public record, you know, I didn't find that very smart, to be very smart.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I wasn't surprised because there was just so much chatter, some even last year. I remember last year after year one, I was surprised that his name was being mentioned, and I think you may have taken an interview. That did surprise me. Yeah. Uh, um, but then I was a little, you know, right before he took the job when it appeared imminent, just a day or two earlier, you know, earlier in the week before he took it, right. you know, uh, it was either maybe John Clayton or Chris Mortensen mm-hmm. on ESPN, maybe Adam Schefter. Somebody said, like, uh, very matter-of-factly, like, as is common knowledge to everyone in the industry, the football industry, that Bill O'Brien wants to go back to the NFL – common knowledge since he took the Penn State job. And frankly, I had never heard that before. So it just seems like, you know, from the moment he arrived at Penn State, according to what I heard or what they said, that, you know, it was always known or always understood or he voiced that he was, you know, always going to go back to the NFL. Now, whether or not anybody thought it was going to be after year two is another story, but that's the way it was positioned when I when I heard it a day or two before he actually took the job.
5: Right, right. I think the philosophy, anytime you're replacing a legend, John, should always be, hail Caesar. And, you know, that should be your public comments. Because you, I think you end up sounding un, ungrateful, especially if you, you're a person who's been an assistant, you'd be given a chance to be the head coach, even though it was a severely damaged program at the time. Yeah. I, for me, it's like a chink in your character to, for those things to be spoken about, you know, the long-time favorite of the university.
2: Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, a little surprising, uh, you know, all things considered. Well, AP, I think we've covered the bowl season pretty well, unless there's something more you'd like to add.
5: I was just looking forward to uh, to see if anybody can stop Auburn from running the football or anybody can stop uh, Jameis Winston from having a spectacular game.
2: Well, exactly. That's what I, uh, I want to just, you know, deal with the ones that have already been played before we, you know, take the last two, three minutes of the show here to just talk about the national championship game. It's going to be exciting this Monday night in the Rose Bowl Stadium. Uh with, of course, Florida State playing Auburn. What do you think? How do you see
5: it? You, yeah, you know I, Auburn. You know, right away you're thinking that Florida State has tremendous athletes, and you're trying to examine their schedule, and you were present when they played Boston in College, which gave them quite a scare, and they're, they're, they are they're were based on a, a predominantly rushing attack that, that put the, the scare into a team. So, if, if they're having trouble, you know, tackling or stopping a running attack, then that that bodes well for Auburn. Absolutely. Uh, but, but you know, conversely, Auburn has really not stopped anybody all year who had the passing attack. So something's got to give, or or it's going to be one of those things where you keep putting coins in the in the meter because the scoreboard keeps you know firing away just like it did in Atlanta with. Texas a and Duke no one really stopped they didn't stop each other just who had the ball last
2: exactly yes who had the ball last uh, it's going to be special you know Jameis Winston now the Heisman Trophy winner as a freshman uh, you know I mean Florida State has not had a closer game than 14 points I've often said I was at the BC game uh, here up in Boston where that was the closest thing to a scare they had and it wasn't very scary um, but you know if they win this game they're going to go down shockingly it really is one of the great college football teams of
5: all time for one season John I was just looking at some of the numbers the other day and they've scored 689 points already which I mean most schools have never scored 500 and they're going to be, end up scoring 700 and amazing and then if Auburn uh I've mentioned this many times, they were the only school ever to win a championship surrendering 300 points. Well, if indeed they do win the championship, that will happen again because they've given up over 300 points already.
2: A true juggernaut, if ever there was one, to say the least, and uh, you know, but you see you have this juggernaut team that hasn't had a game closer than 14 points against, you know, perhaps the luckiest team of all time, not that they're not a quality, talented team, but let's face it, you know, uh, the last two games Auburn won has simply been miraculous. There is no other word. Um, so it has all the makings to be a classic.
5: I, I, I think so, and I'd like to see it turnover free. I want to see the best team win.
2: Absolutely. Well, AP, thanks as always for your insight. Hard to believe we're at the end of our first show of 2014. Uh, thanks again for your perspective. Not many better shows than this week when we can talk so many bowl games with still
5: a national championship game to go. So it's going to be great. Yeah, thank you very much, John. I really, really look forward to next week. And as always, it's a pleasure. Wonderful. Well, thank
2: you, AP. Great job. And uh, as always, Voice America listeners, thank you for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time.